Hello, and welcome to Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett, where we talk about all things financial, focusing on helping you plan, keep, and grow for a successful future. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. And if you're tuning in again, welcome back and thank you for listening. Hello, and welcome to Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett. Today, you get just me. We're going to be covering some cybersecurity ideas and tips around phishing and identity theft, some things you can do around password management, and some available resources to help you navigate and maintain good internet hygiene. My name is Garrett Smith, and I look forward to having you with us today. Hello, welcome, welcome. Today's a solo episode for you. This is Garrett Smith. Just wanted to cover a few areas that were on my mind, particularly concerning cybersecurity. Cybersecurity is something that it's kind of broad-based. It covers a lot of categories, but can be very helpful to kind of understand the different areas of where there may be potential problems. Basically, anything and everything you use online is a potential problem. At a high level, that's really what it is. Um, Cybersecurity and just security in general is kind of in and on and involved in everything that you do. And you need to be conscious of it. Um, The Department of Homeland Security always puts out various um, helpful tips and ideas, um, particularly those geared towards seniors. Uh, It it is a common area. Anybody that gets up there in age uh, tends to be kind of a focal point for attacks. That's usually where the money is. And so that's where people go. Um, And so if you're uh, just getting used to and practicing good internet hygiene, I guess, if you will, is a great way to do. So I'm just going to kind of walk through a few uh, security tips that uh, the Department of Homeland Security has put out for this year uh, to remind you of different areas uh, to kind of keep an eye on. You know, anytime we use email, instant messaging, uh, you know, that's more of just those chat boxes now and uh, personal websites, they're, they're just really convenient to stay in and stay connected to people. Um, you know, these can be social media apps as well as uh, just different websites. And they're, they're really convenient and they are a good thing. And uh, it, whether we're using those at home or kind of out in the public can be of concern. Um, public computers do offer kind of a unique risk. These are computers, say, at a library or uh, if you go and uh, just one that has uh, public access to multiple people can use it. So anything other than your, just your personal device, I uh, need to be a little extra careful on those. Um, and, and, and kind of another way to think about it. So anything you touch online, you need to be careful with, but it's really similar to, um, to what happens in real life too. Uh, if you leave information laying around, it can be a problem. If you, uh, just, easily trust and give out information freely in real life, you know, over the counter at the department store, wherever you, there's uh, the same things happen online. Um, So kind of using those experiences from day-to-day life can also help when you're, when you're moving online. And uh, so kind of one of the biggest areas is identity theft. Um, It's just basically the illegal use of somebody else's identity. Um, And this is when somebody captures personal information and they can impersonate you online uh, through verifications and and, uh, different aspects um, to appear as you, even though uh, they are not, obviously not you. Um, Identity theft is a growing problem, will be a problem for the rest of forever, uh, particularly as technology advances and um, more data is collected on each one of us. You know, we all have a digital footprint, regardless of if we have a uh, regardless if we have an online account, you know, you may have never signed up for anything ever. Um, but if somebody has speech recognition software around you, uh, there's likely, 
um, some recording and gathering in a database being created on, on your voice. Um, if you've gone into a store cameras, there's just in, in any way, shape or form. So if you, you know, one thing I want to encourage you, if you say like, oh, this is not for me, I do not have any online accounts in any way, shape or form. Um, it's not necessarily the case. There's still things you need to do to kind of be weary and be, be cautious of it. And kind of before we dive into these specifically, there are companies out there um, that offer to kind of monitor, view, or, or uh, review your identity protection. Uh, there can be good things. Um, the ones you want to look for are those that kind of provide insurance if your identity is stolen, because then they're on the hook with you. You don't just want, in my opinion, you don't want those that just monitor and alert you. Like if you have it that says, hey, we discovered your email that's being used elsewhere, um, go and deal with it. Uh, that is, you know, one good thing, but having more of an insurance product tied to it. So, Hey, your email address is being used elsewhere. Let's get it solved because if we don't, we have X amount of dollars that we can, we'll be providing in identity theft loss if something were to happen to you. So they're incentivized just like you are to get it resolved. Um, so just right off the bat, there are great insurance products, um, but the ones you specifically want to look for are those that kind of get the insurance company on your side, uh, whether instead of just monitoring um, the online behavior. So that's just a side note there. So let's kind of talk about uh, the some identity theft tips um, to kind of prevent that. You know, the, the biggest thing you can do is just work to uh, avoid that. One of the most obvious one is to not reuse passwords. Um, this is really difficult. Uh, I, you know, I understand it's <laughs> using a password is, is you're just trying to remember them. Um, I'm a personal fan of using password management software. Um, the one I use personally is LastPass, not necessarily endorsing it or not. They've had some problems. I feel like they've all had some problems. I've just been using it for a number of years, so I've kind of gotten comfortable with it. I'm always on the search for, for better ones, so if you have another suggestion, uh, let me know and we can spread the word about it too. But password abandonment software, basically what it is is you have one master password and then it creates... Um, a wide range of passwords so you can use them for all different areas. The reason why I like it is then my bank account password is different than my cable bill password. Um, I, I You never want those two to um, cross because oftentimes what happens in these identity theft hacks is there's it's a, a third party or a smaller website that gets it, their information leaks, so they get your email and your password, and then they'll just start checking major banks, major financial institutions, and on down the list to say, hey, does this password work with this email address to give us access to anything else? Um, and so it might not be the same place that leaks the information that has the problem, whether, you know, by mistake, but uh, it can cross-contaminate into other areas. So if you can use different passwords, that's, I think, rule number one online is have different passwords. There's different ways to kind of create a password. Obviously, I'm a fan of a password manager, so I, I don't even know my passwords. Um, there's a few that I remember that are unique uh, because I don't even want those written down. Um, and so I use like a mnemonic device. I, I use a, a poem in my head that I will then just use the first letter of each poem, say, um, or it can be a scripture, it can be uh, anything else. But then that way you kind of have the acronym, if you will, to help you remember that password. And if you, you can easily remember five or six of those, and those are great for your, you know, particularly sensitive information, social security information, banking information, 
financial information, those you want to keep, maybe not necessarily even written down. Um, so that's one thing that I would do is use a variety of passwords that you can remember, and then maybe use a password manager for um, kind of all the, you know, your Disney plus login and kind of all those other smaller ones that don't necessarily have too much personal information uh, involved with them. So yeah, rule number one, don't use the same uh, password. Uh, as well as when you're creating a password, you always want to make it a strong password. Whether you're creating it yourself or you're using a password manager, you want to include um, as long as they will let you. You know, oftentimes there's a 20 character max for your password, uh, but you want to include uppercase and lowercase symbols, um, different characters as to make the password more and more complex. It's just, you know, it's a little bit, password management's a little lot, a bit like having lights on in your house. You just want to, don't want to be the darkest house on the street, right? Uh, and uh, the passwords are similar. Kind of another uh, tip is to not reveal any personal or identifiable information online. Um, the amount of information we share on social media is worrisome for a lot of reasons, because once it's there, it's always there. Um, I think we've, kind of started to learn as a society kind of the drawbacks to that. I'm not saying you can't, um, but, you know, saying that you're going to be in Hawaii for 10 days and the house is going to be sitting empty is probably not the best thing to share online. Maybe share that once you get back. And, and another thing, too, is oftentimes pop-up boxes or things will appear on a website and they'll say, hey, give us your personal information to redeem this offer. Um, be really cautious of turning over personally identifiable information. You know, this is like your full name, telephone number, address, particularly social security number, your insurance policy numbers, you know, in your, your checking and savings account numbers, investment account numbers, credit card information, your doctor's name. You know, there's, there's all sorts of ways to kind of compile this information that gets sold. And so the less you can provide willingly, the better. Um, so always be cautious of that. This this next tip is is a big one, um, and it's it's links that come in either email or text message. I'm not a fan of clicking on really any link from an email or a text message um, because you, emails can easily be faked. They can look real. They can look legitimate, and and then you click a link, and all of a sudden you're headed somewhere. Um, that you're, you're not wanting to go. So for example, if you get a link that says, Hey, your bank account's been exposed. You need to change your password. Click the link here. Instead of clicking that link, what I would do is go directly to the, uh, your banking institution, log in directly there and change the password. So you're not using the email to take you there. You're just going there directly because then you know, you'll enter the, uh, the website address, the URL correctly. Um, so that's one big tip. It's not clicking the link, just navigating there directly um, or, or through Google if you prefer. So it's just, it's just a different route than the notification you got. Um, it happens a lot more in text messaging now too of, hey, we saw this notice, click here to learn more. And you click and you hit that on your phone and all of a sudden off you go. So just anytime you see a link, just be really careful and you know, kind of build in the rule of thumb of just not to click those and, and help those around you to, to, to kind of refresh and remind them. Um, that's how we always feel about these tips. It's always a good reminder. You know, if you're looking 
uh, for a topic at a family dinner <laughs> or a family night, just kind of doing a little research and reminding mom and dad or reminding your kids or siblings, you know, that, Hey, you know, we can all be a little bit more careful here. Um, there's just too much at stake and just taking a little, little extra caution uh, can go a long ways. So yeah, just don't, don't be clicking links, uh, whether it's come email or text. And, um, one thing that you, you always need to be careful of is you always want to verify information. If you're sending any sort of like a wire transfer or, um, you know, any sort of financial money movement, that's obviously the, the where we think the most, but it can be anything, it could be charitable contributions. Um, anytime you're doing information like that, just double check the information and particularly call and verify um, something that can happen is is if somebody has access to your email, all they're doing is waiting for an email to come in that says, hey, here's some wire instructions. And this could be for a legitimate thing, you know, wire money here because you're engaging in a project. And then they will resend a new email with uh, that looks just like the old one with different wiring instructions. And once that money's wired off, it, it's gone. So you always want to, particularly around a wire, you always want to verify that account information that you have it incorrectly, call and verify um, just be, you know, go, go a little slower, take that extra step. Um, and it, just by, by doing that, you can, um, prevent, um, you know, trying to unwind something that's really difficult to unwind. Let's go. Another tip is when you get your monthly statements, just be sure to shred them, review them. Well, first, I guess, first, Look for any suspicious activity. If you're on a budget, obviously you're going through transaction by transaction. That helps a lot. If you're not on a budget and you're just kind of in your spending routine, uh, you know, you kind of got the habits down, you're not spending out much else. Just scroll through, look through, uh, scan through um, your uh, your credit card statement, your financial statements to just make sure there's not any odd purchases. You know, one thing that happens we've seen, I've seen it it's happened to me is uh, Amazon, you know, if you go onto Amazon and you buy three or four things, well, they'll bill you at different rates. They won't, you know, it'll show up on your credit card statement as three or four transactions instead of just one of the whole order you put in because they charge you when they uh, supposedly ship it or when they process it. Um, and so oftentimes scammers can easily, they'll just kind of, they know that. And so they'll have Amazon charges that will be small dollar amounts, you know, less than a hundred dollars. And it kind of gets mixed and lost in the bunch. And so, you know, making sure and adding up all your Amazon charges, they're kind of where you think they should be and making sure there's not any excess ones. Um, we've had to cancel a credit card for just that reason, that there were some charges there that, that should have been there. And the credit card company was great. Um, this is one reason why I'm a fan of credit cards. Uh, it's because it does get somebody on your side between you and the transaction. And and it's not directly linked like a debit card into your bank account. But obviously that's with the caveat that you're paying it off every month, right? You don't want to be carrying a balance in any way, particularly now in high interest environments. Let's not carry any balances forward. So check, review your bank statements, your credit card statements, any financial statements that, uh, that you're getting that involve transactions uh, like that. And then be sure to shred them afterwards. There's personal information on there and uh, just get them in the shredder. So those are kind of tips along the identity theft. Um, there's uh, um, fraud and phishing is another one. Um, fraud is, you know, kind of when you go in and mislead the truth to have, uh, it's an intentional change of the truth in order to induce another part 
um, with something of value to surrender a legal right. And phishing is a scam by which email users is, is duped into revealing personal and confidential information that the scammer can use. Uh, so this is kind of back to those links idea that, uh, you know, hey, your password's changed, click this link to go change. That's fraud and phishing uh, through your email. Happens over text message and can happen over the phone too. Um, so, you know, just beware of any bank or institution that's saying, hey, update your password or confirm uh, or update your personal information. Uh, those are, um, they, banks usually don't have that practice in standard unless you're, say, in a bank to, to do that or over the phone or when you have already logged into your account. They usually don't proactively do that. If you're on a public Wi-Fi or if you're uh, on a public computer, I, I would be really cautious to use any logging into your personal banking. Um, there's VPNs uh, that can be used to kind of help mitigate this and something you should be exploring. But uh, just don't be accessing your personal accounts online. Uh, you may not get them logged out correctly. That inf that information may be captured another way. Uh, so just be really cautious with public computers. Um, when you Anytime you get an email that says, hey, redeem this free prize, we all like free things, but, you know, be careful with that. Those are usually, uh, that information's all going to be sold for for other purposes. So be cautious of anything free, you know, projects or prizes that are too good to be true. And then probably the last tip is to change your passwords often and regularly. You know, passwords, once they're out, they're out. There's kind of no going back. And so changing those critical ones often uh, is not bad practice. You know, it's kind of online hygiene. It's just regular things you can do to help keep um, yourself uh, as far away from problems as you can, I guess. I'll just highlight a few resources. There's obviously the Department of Homeland Security. The AARP provides some great internet safety ideas. Um, the FBI always puts out an annual list of online fraud um, and phishing scams. Um, there's uh, They also link to some senior protections. Um, and then there's the FTC's Pass It On campaign, which is uh, focused mostly on those over 65 about how to um, be uh, more secure online. Uh, if you have any questions about anything covered in here, give me a call, uh, reach out. I'm not a cybersecurity expert. I've just spent a lot of time in this field trying to familiarize myself with it because it's something that we all need to be uh, in concert with and, and connected to. So if you have questions, reach out. Always happy to chat and uh, um, be safe out there. And until next time, thanks. Thank you for tuning in and listening to Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, visit us at ascendinvestment.com, where you can subscribe to our newsletter to keep you up to date. See you in the next episode. Kessler, Norman, and Ride, LLC, DBA, Ascend Investment Partners, is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where our firm and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Ascend Investment Partners unless a client service agreement is in place. The opinions expressed in this podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice, performance data, or recommendations that any particular security, portfolio of securities, transaction, or investment strategy is suitable for any specific person. This program is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. All opinions contained in this podcast are subject to change at any time without notice. 
To determine which, if any, investments may be appropriate for you, please consult with your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this podcast is not guaranteed of future results. As always, please remember that all investing involves risk and possible loss.